you ever see a lassie, a lassie, a lassie? Did you ever see a lassie go this way and that? Go this way and that way, go this way and that way. Did you ever see a lassie go this way and that? Daddy? I'm confused. I've got a heart on. Dracula sucks. Dracula does hate, suck. I hate that guy. <laughs> well, it's the end of spooky season. Oh yeah, it sure is. Now the days have flown since our president possibly died. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you know, every yeah. day brings new horrors. It including sure today. does. Exactly. Yes. Um, it's yeah. been a fun experience. Yeah. I've really enjoyed doing this. I forgot your light gets haunted sometimes. I've, uh, <laughs> I really enjoyed this experience um, of doing a theme month. I think we're going to maybe do a couple more. Yeah, I've for sure. I've got some ideas. Uh, obviously, I've talked about the Rainbow Report oh, once yeah, or yeah. twice. Uh, I pitched Franco February, February to Boss. Uh, he seemed enthusiastic about that. I'm sure there will be uh, many more months to come. Yes. As long as the world keeps turning. As long as the world keeps turning along, and as long as you guys continue to uh, support us as you have been. And you have been. So we thank you for that. Yes, so much. We're glad you're tuning in and enjoying what you're hearing and sticking around. Yes. So uh, welcome once again to the Raincoat Report. This is Boss here with Jeremy. Hello. And... Uh, you know, as we've uh, intimated at, we have reached week five of our five weeks of fright, mm -hmm. and uh, it's quite frightening. It has been overall. Um, so we're very excited about this, uh, and uh, you know, the first few weeks we were kind of getting our our footing, slowly working our way into terror and madness, and uh, this is the week you've all been waiting for—the week where uh, we fly into full-blown insanity. Mm -hmm. And of course, by that, I mean that we are moving on to perhaps the most star-studded adult film of all time. You think it is of all time? Um, I can't think of any thing else that has quite as many big names. Yes, okay. uh, and like Bill Marigold on the DVD said that it was, okay. uh, and he's knowledgeable, although he may be a little biased about the situation. I'm going to say it's the Mars Attacks of porno films in terms of the star-studded cast. <laughs> Even Danny DeVito gets in on the freakish action. Uh, so this week we are talking about the 1978 film directed by Philip Marshak, Dracula Sucks. Um, and again, it is a real star-studded cast. We're talking about Jamie Gillis as Dracula. Right. Uh, Annette Haven as Mina. Mm -hmm. uh, John Leslie as Dr. Seward. Uh, Serena as Lucy Webster. Mm -hmm. uh, Kay Parker as Sybil Seward. Uh, John Holmes as Dr. Stoker. Uh, Paul Thomas as Harker. Um, and then, you know, we get into other people. Uh, right. Seika yeah, as Seika's Nurse here. Betty. Mm-hmm. Um, Mike so, Ranger, uh, you know, uh, Reggie Nalder, who is, uh, known from mostly other, like, uh, horror films and stuff of the past. Okay. More. He has some, that look. 
Yeah, he looks like somebody who was in a lot of horror movies. Yeah. Uh, but he's uh, Van Helsing in this film. Yeah, uh, Bill Margold shows up. Yeah, Bill Margold uh, not only uh, plays the role of uh, Henry the Orderly, but is also one of the writers of the film. Cool, cool. It's it's really an all-star affair, mm-hmm. um, directed by Philip Marshak, who... <laughs> did uh, quite a few films of his own. He's got 12 credits, uh, including this film. Another film of his I've seen is Blue Ice, which was actually his last film in 1985. Okay. He also directed one of these segments in Night Train to Terror. Okay. Is that the one where uh, God and Satan are betting on that train? Yes. Okay. I've seen that before. Yeah, that's a great film. Yeah. Do, you, do you like that song? I, it's been probably like 15 years since I saw it, but uh, I'm sure if I heard it again, I would love it. So I'm going to say yes. Okay, yes. <laughs> Anyhow, so it's quite a production. Daryl Marshak, uh, Philip Marshak, the director's son, mm-hmm. said that it was a $300,000 production, which yeah. is a lot of money. Yeah, even, um, even now that feels like so much money. Uh, especially for an adult film. Yeah. Uh, and... You know, I know that Bill Marigold in the commentary basically said there's no way they got their money back on this film. Oh, no. I um, can't imagine. It also had kind of a troubled distribution. Mm-hmm. The version that we're going to talk about primarily is the one that is the main feature on Vinegar Syndrome's DVD. Right. Uh, they also released it on one of their uh, five films, five years Blu-ray collections. Right, which... This is uh, which, probably, the, I think, the third film from that we've talked about, maybe? Uh, at least third. Okay. We're tearing through it. Uh, we did Hot and Saucy Pizza Girls, Prisoner of Paradise, Dixie Ray Hollywood Star, okay, so, so it's at least fourth. fourth. Oh, yeah. We just got one more. Let's, let's round it out soon. Uh, there were actually ten adult films across two uh, sets. I don't remember which one this was on. Good um, God. But yeah, there's, there's a lot of them. But anyhow... Those uh, those Blu-rays, unfortunately, are out of print, but the DVD version is still in print, which includes this cut, which is the 95-minute cut. Mm-hmm. It, it has a lot of the hardcore sex cut out, but not all of it. There's still quite some hardcore sex in this film. There is another version on the DVD called Lust at First Bite. I think um, it's a better title, really, but... Yeah, it's a pretty good, it's a pretty good title. Yeah. But it's has a lot more of the sex in it but it also cuts out a lot of the plot um some of the continuity makes more sense there but a lot of the plots cut out so overall it's not really a more sensible version of the film no uh because we watched it together last night trying to just do some last minute jamming yeah (laughs) that doesn't sound right (laughs) well whatever uh it doesn't matter it doesn't matter uh anyhow (laughs) So uh, it's it's uh, interesting thing. So the version, this main version, the ninety five minute version, uh, the lust at first fight version that we were just talking about, that was like uh, it's like seventy four minutes, I think. Yeah. Uh, but this one's ninety five minutes and it includes a lot more storyline stuff and uh, scales back a little bit on the sex. It's kind of like really straddling the line between hardcore and softcore. There's definitely enough penetration that it would have never gotten an R rating. Right. Um, but it's also not quite as hardcore as a lot of the sex films of the time. So it's kind of on one of those like weird spots where it's kind of hard to market. Yeah. So this version didn't actually get a theatrical release as it is. This is the first cut of the film that the producers and directors made. Oh, cool. 
The Lust at First Bite version did get a theatrical release, and mm-hmm. again, it's it's more hardcore, but the editing and stuff kind of makes it hard to follow. But yeah. this one also has a lot of editing problems, so it's it's really a gamble. It's one of those cases where there's not a perfect version of it. Yeah. Um, Dixie Ray Hollywood Star had kind of a similar issue, but right. at the same time, it was overall... I, both, both were versions, pretty sensible compared to... Yeah. Yeah. This one's a lot more of a mess, but... Yeah, I think it, it really, like, with the stars and kind of... I think, what, did Marshak maybe own the rights to, like, the Bella Lugosi Dracula script? It was kind of implied. Yeah. Uh, I think this could be considered more like a cult classic if maybe they had found the right cut for it. Right. Um, yeah, this is something like that, like... the Cafe Flush sort of sense, because it's got, like, a pretty good production budget and everything. Yeah, it's, it's, really, a, it's really a nice, elaborate production. If we... You know, roll back to last week. We were talking about things that were not very high production value, and this is on the opposite end of the scale. Um, That's why I wanted to save this one for last because it's a really, it's a really top-notch production. Although, again, the editing's kind of all over the place. I wish, I wish I had the original camera elements, and then I could just sit here and uh, dedicate my life to making the right version of this film. Because there's some very simple things that could be done to fix this, but you'd be a real hero. But uh, dealing with, like, you know, what's on the DVD, I would end up with a lot of trouble dealing with all the, you know, issues with, like, background music and stuff like that not lining up between the different versions if I tried to edit them all together. So it'd be a whole mess, uh, even perhaps even more so than it already is. Um, Wouldn't that be the perfect version? uh, Perhaps. But, uh, you know, again, we've got our guy Jamie Gillis as uh, perhaps in a lot of ways the lead in this film, but Mm -hmm. uh, as Count Dracula. But, you know, again, this is an all-star cast. You know, we've talked about, like, all kinds of the biggest names here. Uh, You know, Annette Haven, Serena, Kay Parker, Seika on the female side. Um, All of those are, you know, the biggest names in the industry at the time, really. And, you know, from the men, Jamie Gillis, John Leslie, John Holmes, Paul Thomas, that's that's about as good of a lineup as you can get. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's it's quite something, quite yeah. a production. And Reuniting some of the cast from Pretty Peaches. In a, Indeed. And in Leslie Holmes, or Leslie Holmes. <laughs> <laughs> John, uh, that was probably loud. Uh, John Leslie and uh, our boy Paul Thomas. Yep, absolutely. I just wish uh, Desiree Cousteau was in this film. but Oh, that would have made it perfect. But, you know, you can't do everything. Yeah. And, of course, Bill Marigold is also a legend of the industry, even if he's not quite as, you know, he's not quite at the uh, John Holmes <laughs> level or anything, but he's uh, he's well-known and he's been all over the place as well. Absolutely. Jamie Gillis, uh, in fact, would go on to be in another Dracula film called Dracula Exotica, where oh. he also played Count Dracula. Very nice. Uh, Bill Marigold and uh, Joe Rubin from Vinegar Syndrome did the commentary track on this and <laughs> uh, mentioned that as perhaps being a better film, uh, which I had not heard of before now and has been added to my uh watch list so yeah, we'll have to seek that maybe, one out maybe uh maybe next october we'll go over that one yeah uh but it was directed by sean costello who is a, a name director in the business so that could be interesting to check out as well cool but yeah this is a this is a pretty big deal yeah. um we'll talk about again this 95 minute cut of the film um we'll 
touch on some of the differences in the shorter 74 minute version of the film and uh we'll wrap things up as usual but uh five weeks of fright you know spinning out of control this is this is the obvious conclusion to it all all good things must end yes all things must end all holes must be filled all holes must be filled exactly and they have been as we conclude five weeks of fright indeed uh we'll be back after a short break yes excellent yes it reminds me of that poem from school the walls around were bare as if the dead were there <laughs> let's cry for the next to die die to be really dead that must be glorious. Why count? There are far worse things awaiting man than death. All right, so let's go ahead and talk about Dracula Sucks, our fifth week of fright. Yes, and I believe our 19th episode overall. Let's see. First week of fright was 14th, mm-hmm. 15th, 16th, 17th. This is the 18th. Okay, excellent. We're drawing near to the 20th episode spectacular. Ah, yes. Well, if our 10th episode spectacular is uh, any indication, it will be one of our lowest rated episodes. Oh, you guys really should listen to the episode, especially if you're coming in now. It's uh, You need to learn about Thundercrack if you have no idea what it is. Yeah. I know, I mean, the, I know the length is daunting, but just, you know, sit down with a bong, and turn <laughs> off the lights, and have your mind blown. Yes, you will have your minds completely exploded, <laughs> as the kids say. Yeah. <laughs> so Dracula sucks opens with credits, and we get to see uh, Count Dracula giving oral. Um, it's not just a freeze frame of that, and it's actually a uh, a scene from later in the film that we'll see. Uh, but we get our Dracula sucks title card and some credits, and then we cut to a car driving down a dirt road in the country uh, and we hear Richard Renfield yelling uh, at his aunt Irene. Okay. He's yelling about how Irene just wants to fucking spend his money and he says that he knows his dad isn't dead. Um, As they're driving down the road we can hear the shadow playing on the radio Mm -hmm. trying to uh, set our time frame of the 30s. Yeah. They did the smart thing of shooting this out in the countryside where they could control things and make it look like the 30s fairly right. easily. Yeah. Um, and they shot it at like a, a castle, a famous castle, right? Yeah. I don't know how famous it is, but it's called uh, Castle Ranch. Okay. And, I know uh, it was, they said he flew it over here brick by brick or something from Scotland. Yeah. That's that's the story about it. So that's, that's an cool. interesting thing. Yeah. They're arriving at the Seward Sanitarium. Richard and Irene, the Renfields, get out of their cab and greet at the door the Sewards. Yes. We have Dr. Arthur Seward, played by John Leslie, and Dr. Sybil Seward, played by Kay Parker, their brother and sister. Mm-hmm. Richard Renfield is played by Richard Bulick, and Irene Renfield is played by Pat Manning. Mm-hmm. Uh, interesting note, Richard Bulick, who played Richard Renfield decided to go full method on this and was acting insane the entire time during shooting 24 7 yeah he's really dwight frying it up i can imagine him doing kind of like uh who's that motherfucker that played the joker 
Uh, Heath Ledger? No, the Jack one after Nicholson? him. No, oh. Oh, there's so many Jokers, I forgot. Uh, Jer- no. Jared Leto. Was that? Yeah. Yeah, apparently he was like a real terror on set during Suicide Squad because <laughs> he thought he was going to go full method and like gave people like dead animals and stuff. <laughs> oh, so I, excellent. I could imagine this guy doing a lot of that same stuff. Yeah, he's he's really into it, and I think that the film definitely benefits from him going all out. Yeah. He does his part really well. Oh, yeah, he's great. But uh, Bill Marigold on the commentary noted that they basically had to have somebody watching him all the time because he was out of control. <laughs> but uh, the director, Philip Marshek, really liked him uh, and what he did here and ended up casting him in future productions. So it all paid off for him in the end. Yes. So... Richard Renfield has started acting crazy, basically, and won't sleep or anything. And mm-hmm. Irene can't sleep because she's just worried. And, of course, her brother's just, or her uh, nephew's going crazy. Arthur Seward, the doctor, uh, tells Henry, one of the orderlies, that played by Bill Marigold, uh, to take Richard to his room. Uh, he explains to Irene that Dr. Van Helsing is coming to help. Yes. So we then see Richard Renfield laying in bed and hearing voices. We get some background information from a voiceover where he explains that his dad got a good deal on a castle in Transylvania. Yeah, and that's, um, I think, I feel like I'm more familiar with the Dracula mythos than you are. Yeah. Um, so like, yeah, in the beginning of the novel and the the lugosi film like uh renfield goes to transylvania to like do like uh well no in the novel it's harker but in the in the movie it's renfield he goes to do like a transaction and goes crazy in exactly like the same way like he eats bugs and everything but he meets dracula first and like arranges for him to come to england gotcha yeah so in this case it was uh richard renfield's father who who went to transylvania but he's going insane yeah but uh Renfield wakes up and escapes from his room Mm -hmm. and ends up uh, finding Dracula's lair. Yes. In fact, Count Dracula has moved from Transylvania to this... uh, Carfax Abbey. To, yes. uh, Which is adjacent to the Seward Sanitarium. Mm -hmm. Dracula is the new neighbor in the neighborhood, basically. (laughs) Same thing that follows the script of the original... When Renfield stumbles into Dracula's lair, uh, Count Dracula emerges, and Renfield says, You're not my daddy. (laughs) I'm Dracula. I bid you welcome. (laughs) So he explains that Richard's father was his servant, and now Richard will be. Right. So that's where I'd kind of come to the conclusion that this is supposed to be like, maybe somehow after the original film or okay. something where he's been resurrected but the way people react to him later doesn't suggest that at all yeah so dracula bites richard and we see women emerge from their coffins i guess dracula's women his uh, yeah. his servants his, his, his brides his brides of dracula mm-hmm. so then richard is crawling up the steps towards the hospital ranting and yelling and the staff comes out to retrieve him and puts him in a straight jacket. And it's about this time that Van Helsing shows up in a cab. Seward meets him at the door. We also see Jonathan Harker and Mina meeting at the door. Yes. Um, Paul Thomas and Annette yes. Haven? Yes. Okay. Uh, yeah, Jonathan Harker is Paul Thomas. Annette Haven is Mina. 
And then we also see a meeting between Dr. Peter Bradley, paid by, played by Mike Ranger, mm-hmm. and Lucy Webster, played by Serena. Mm-hmm. Um, we get a scene where Jarvis, their butler, uh, is playing piano, and Harker walks in and gets Jarvis to help sing uh, Swing Low, Sweet Chariot while uh, Harker plays piano. Yeah. Uh, as this is going on, we get a scene of Serena blowing Dr. Bradley. This is not as explicit as in the other cut. We mostly just see her tonguing the dong a bit and yeah. uh, giving him a hand job. And then we see the aftermath of a cum shot. Yeah, that's what I I couldn't... I didn't remember her, him getting like enough attention to, to cum. Right. So I was... At first, I was like, is that cum or is that like light reflecting off her hand? Right. But, yeah, but it's a big dollop of semen. Big old, <laughs> big old dollop of semen. Uh, we then cut to night, and we see Dracula surfacing from his coffin, and his women rise behind him. Uh, Richard is giving Count Dracula some information, and amongst the information he gives him is that Lucy is a slut, Harker is a homo, and Nina is a virgin. He will use all of these to his advantage in one way or another. Yes. So... It's at this point the Count Dracula walks into the sanitarium and asks to see Dr. Seward, and he's introducing himself to his new neighbors. Um, Seward uh, introduces him to everybody who's in the sanitarium at the time. As Count Dracula sees Mina, he has like a flashing vision of him kissing her. The horny visions of Dracula. It's Um, my favorite Christopher Lee film. Yes. (laughs) Uh, Lucy, again played by Serena, approaches the Count uh, as she's addressing the group, and we see flashes of Dracula with her, and it's these uh, kind of blown-out red shots. Yeah. And we see, amongst other things, Dracula pissing on her and coming on her and fucking her. Yes. He's a man who knows what he wants. Yes. Uh, He already knows that Lucy's a slut, and he's going to use that to his advantage. Hell yeah. Yeah. it looks like Jamie Gillis is having a lot of fun playing this role. Oh, yeah, Just for getting sure. to be like Bela Lugosi for a little bit. Yeah. Um, I think he does a really good job, honestly. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty convinced. I like his beard. I was like, it's a little it's a bold choice for a vampire. Usually they don't have beards. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's interesting because, again, yeah, uh, Jamie Gillis, as we covered on a, other episodes, he's really into the acting part of it. Right. Like, he did acting outside of sex films. Yeah. But at the same time, he's also really into the sex part of it and just being depraved. So he's an interesting mixture, and that's one a, of the reasons he's one of the best. He's in his element here. Yeah, he's he's really digging it this and was, living it up. If you're still alive, I'd ask him how he felt about this one. Yeah, it'd be interesting to get his opinions, because I don't think let's, I've seen him anywhere about this particularly. Let's gather his ashes up and uh, figure it out. Yeah, we'll break out the Ouija board uh, again on our uh, Patreon. Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think that you know it's interesting because there are a few people who are really dedicated to their roles here. You know, Jamie Gillis, uh, R- Richard... Uh, Bellick or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, who's playing Renfield. Yeah. John, uh, is really John into Wesley it. is kind of into it. He's into having like a limp and like a weird eye. 
Yeah, John and, Leslie's kind of in and out of it, I feel yeah. like, through the film. There was a lot of cocaine going around, so yeah. I, that's fair. Uh, yeah, uh, one of the things that Bill Marigold noted on the commentary track is that he had never seen so much cocaine in his life. Uh, he said that he wasn't a coke guy, but uh, he saw a lot of it going around on this film, so uh, this, that's something to keep in mind. This is the one that got uh, John Holmes hooked. Probably. Damn. Uh, you know, at this point, John Holmes hadn't gotten to be quite a mess. Uh, I'd imagine he was probably already doing drugs to a certain level, but he hadn't become the completely unreliable, uh, loose cannon that he was by the time we get to Prisoner of Paradise. Right. As they continue to talk, uh, Dracula makes a comment about how there's far worse things awaiting man than death. From this scene, we cut to uh, Dracula's brides dancing. Mm -hmm. We hear Richard singing, and then we cut to Mina and Lucy in a bedroom. We see that Lucy's fascinated with Dracula and mimics a line he said about how the place reminded him of his place in Transylvania. Um, Lucy admits that she likes Dr. Bradley, but she prefers the more sophisticated type like Count Dracula. Um... We then cut away from that, and we see another scene where there's a bat coming through the window, and we see Lucy sitting on a toilet in the bathroom, and we hear, and then we see Dracula walk in, and he puts her under his trance and approaches her. And uh, what do we hear while he's she's being put under a trance? Oh, uh, we hear her plopping turds. It sounds like yeah, it's a odd choice. Yeah. <laughs> it's in both versions. Uh, is it in we, both? Yeah, because I thought it, like I said last night, I thought I'd heard it. Because I, I had only heard it on the Lust in, uh, at First Bite version, but I, I wasn't listening for it specifically the right. first time. Um, um, but yeah, it's in both versions, I'm pretty sure. Um, um, odd but, choice, but I guess realistic. Yeah, I mean, I guess if Dracula puts you under never, his trance, uh, you might loosen your bowels. It's just Particularly like, if you're already in... Uh, in, in position to do it. Yeah. She was already pooping with the door open. <laughs> the scene gets pretty, uh, what's implied is pretty fetishy. Yes. So the thing is that like in this scene, uh, we don't really see what happens here, but the cutaway from earlier, uh, I believe is the implication, which is that Count Dracula pees on her and then yeah. comes on her. Yes. Uh, we don't see either of them in this version. In the Lust at First Bite version, we see him coming on her, uh, but she's already soaked. Yeah. Um, and yeah, in both versions, you see her soaked afterwards, so that, that kind of shows you that it happened. Some just implied water sports. Yeah. Like how uh, Dark Dreams had implied bestiality. Right. <laughs> Which is worse is what I'll leave to the listener to decide. Um, I would definitely say the bestiality. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm leaving it up to the listener. Okay, well, you make your own decision. Yeah. The vampire women end up sucking the blood from the maid. Uh, this is kind of a quick flash in this version. It's a little bit longer in the Lust at First Bite version. Lucy, at the end of this, is sitting on the toilet just covered in uh, pee and cum and a little bit of blood on her breast from where Dracula bit her. A G.G. Allen show. <laughs> <laughs> We then go to a scene where Dr. Seward is leading Van Helsing through the hospital. 
Seward explains that he was making progress with his patients, but they recently reverted back to where they were or worse. We see a cell with Renfield, who's in a straitjacket and tied mm. to the bed, basically. Yeah. Uh, we, we get we passed over one of his great lines uh, a moment ago. Uh-huh. I didn't get to comment on where he says, Daddy, I'm confused. I've got a heart on. No. Just yes. as part of like a series of like kind of like disembodied shouts from him i think like is like an oh, yeah. establishing shot type thing yeah i think that was when like we saw the uh dracula brides dancing around yeah, outside and, and stuff like that yeah. in the next cell we see a cowboy in a in a woman who believes she's an eight-year-old little girl both of them only want to fuck basically so we get a cutaway of the little girl fucking another woman uh, for a few seconds, and then we get a cutaway of her fucking the cowboy for a few seconds. Yeah. Both of these scenes are expanded upon in the Lust at First Bite version. Definitely. As long scenes. Yeah. Uh, the cowboy is playing the song about cocaine. It's a great song that I'm sad isn't in the original. It's it's in the original, but, but just like a truncated. few seconds. Yeah. Yeah. You only get a little bit of a listen to it in the Lust at First Bite version, in the long sex scene between the cowboy and the quote-unquote little girl. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. There is, you get, you know, a solid couple minutes of it. Right. And it's pretty great. Yeah. The next cell has a fake Hitler who's yelling at two other patients who are just kind of in white clothes and yeah. not really that descriptive. No, I couldn't really make out any of his dialogue, so I don't really know what he was saying. He might have been saying something funny. Um, I want to know who gave him that Hitler costume once he got into the... Like, I could see, like, okay, maybe you'll give the cowboy his uh, trail clothes and the woman who thinks she's a little girl, like, a dress. Right. But don't give him a Hitler costume. Uh, when you worked at the uh, mental hospital, they didn't give people uh, Hitler costumes to wear around? Not usually. Okay. Um, <clears throat> one patient thought I was a Nazi and tried to punch me, which was oh. frightening. Yeah. Well, that sucks. Yeah, and then he got really mad and chucked a bunch of batteries at a door. <laughs> and it sounded like bombs going off. Oh, what a life. Yeah, it was a wonderful life. Um, we get a quick cutaway to a woman with uh, vampire teeth riding a guy, um, which is a longer full scene in the other version of the film, but mm-hmm. it's just kind of a weird few-second cutaway here that doesn't really have any context anywhere else. Uh, we then see Lucy on a table, and uh, Dr. Bradley's looking at her, worried along with the rest. Uh, Van Helsing's watching and says that she's lost blood unnaturally yeah. and notes the two marks on her breast. Yeah, is she lost so much blood that her nipple inverted is what I noticed. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Van Helsing in the next scene explains to the group that he believes it was due to a vampire, a Nosferatu. Seward notes that science doesn't recognize these superstitions, and Van Helsing notes that, uh, shut up, basically. Right. (laughs) Van Helsing then meets with Richard Renfield. At first, he's acting normal, and then they, uh, I think they get the straitjacket off of him, and then he starts snarling and asking to be sent away because he says his cries at night might keep Miss Mina awake. Mm -hmm. Van Helsing shows him Wolf's Bane, which makes him recoil. And then he says he makes a comment that Van Helsing knows too much for his own good. 
but Richard sent off. So again, this is evidence for Van Helsing that this is a vampire situation. Yes. So then we see Henry, the orderly, played by uh, Bill Marigold again, right. approaching uh, Arthur Seward in his office. Uh, he says that the new nut is in his room. Um, did you refer to the people at the psych hospital as nuts? Uh, I tried not to. Yeah, I feel general. like that's frowned upon usually. Yeah, the nurses would say some really awful shit, though. I wouldn't doubt that. They're yeah, they're... Awful. <laughs> yeah, they should be the ones getting injected in the butt. <laughs> Seward sends Henry to check on Irene Renfield, uh, Richard's aunt, and see if she needs anything. So Richard goes up there, and Irene says she needs something to sleep. So uh, Henry decides he's going to forcefully fuck her in order yeah. to get her to sleep. All the while bouncing his apple. All the while bouncing his apple. This is like riding the line between consensual and non-consensual because he's being very forceful about it, but at the same time, and, and she's kind of like against it kind of at first. Yeah. But then at the end, she's like... You know, she acts like that was just what she needed and everything, so yeah. I don't know. But, yeah, at the end... The he, fucker cares away. Uh, yeah, he had, to, he had to fuck her to sleep. <laughs> uh, at the end, when he finishes, he crushes the apple with his hand somehow. Yeah. And then uh, crushes it and drops it on her back, basically. Yeah. Real disrespectful, Mr. Um, Marigold. In the Lust at First Bite version, there's a longer sex scene, and you see penetration here, but you don't in this version. Yeah. Exactly. We we noted uh, while watching that that uh, Bill Marigold has a very long taint. Yes, he has a five-inch taint. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we thought it was his balls at first, but it was just his taint. Yeah, the his... distance between his asshole and balls is not that of a normal man. Yeah, he, uh, it, it was, yeah, your comment originally was his balls were weird, and then you were looking at it, and you are like, well, they're they're not really that weird. But it was it was that taint length. It don't mean a thing if it taint got that swing. <laughs> <laughs> so then we get a new another scene where we uh, see Doctor Stoker. We kind of saw him kind of in the background earlier. Yeah, but, he hasn't been properly introduced yet. Uh, Doctor Stoker is played by John Holmes. He's talking to the maid of the sanitarium, who's talking about count dracula she seems interested in him but stoker notes that the people in the town are afraid of him but the maid thinks he's charming um stoker says he's going to give dracula a frontal lobotomy if he messes with the women around here yeah and we hear kind of a radio drama playing in the background as basically stoker fucks the maid on this pool table uh, this is what probably the most hardcore scene of the film. We see plenty of penetration and fucking here. Yeah, I was kind of confused if I was watching like the so-called R-rated cut, like if it had gotten mixed up somehow right. up until about this scene. And I'm like, oh, okay, here, here we go. Yeah, yeah. This definitely wouldn't have gotten an R. They seem to be watching a Bela Lugosi movie, but I'm not sure which one it is, but you can kind of hear him speak on and off in the background while they're going edit oh uh, it it's i mean i guess it's a radio play because this is supposed to be in the 30s we oh, don't okay. see a tv at okay. any point but you're it, it probably might, right it might it might be him on yeah whatever it is or it might just be a radio play i couldn't i thought it was him but i, I don't yeah. know 
Uh, maybe he did radio plays at some point. Should have researched him. Yeah. I just he know really he's in, fucked up. I just know he's in Dracula and one of many films called The Black Cat. Uh, he is in Plan 9 from Outer Space. Oh, yeah. All those Ed Wood films. Yeah. <laughs> Man. Uh, I love Obella. He, he's a great guy. Yeah. Um, as this is going on, we see Dracula rising from his coffin and walking around outside. But as, uh, you know, again, we don't see a cum shot in this scene. But we do see, uh, basically at the end of the sex act, we see the maid licking on his dong. And then she looks up and we see her with sharp teeth. And then she bites his cummy cock. Yeah. And Stoker screams. We then see Renfield and Dracula is uh, using his hypnotism. He yells, why not me? Dracula's giving him orders, but we don't really hear what the orders are, basically. Mm -hmm. Or at least communicating to him what's going on. Uh, But at this point, we see a bat fly into a window. uh, And then Dracula approaching Mina in bed. Shortly after this, we see Mina on a couch trying to explain to Van Helsing and Dr. Seward what happened. Uh, She explains she had a really weird dream. But we get cutaways from that to Dracula above her in bed and leaning down towards her and everything. Uh, And she explains, you know, she explains a lot of stuff about the dream. I didn't make notes of all of it. Yeah. She notes something about, like, her feeling lips touching her and such. Mm -hmm. They ask her where she felt that, and she points behind her ears, and we see little puncture marks there uh, as Van Helsing and Seward look at it. Seward sends Henry and Nurse Lawson, again played by Seika, Mm -hmm. to check on Dr. Stoker. Uh, For some reason, he's down in one of the cells chained to a bed. Yeah, I guess... Uh, I guess Van Helsing noted that something fucked up was happening and made did that as a precaution, but it's I not really so. spelled yeah, out here. Yeah, it's not clear. But, I didn't uh, think about that until now, but yeah, there's, like, we know, but no one else. Right. Yeah. Henry leaves Nurse Lawson to deal with him. She asks how he is. He notes that his penis hurts, and <laughs> then uh, he she kind of pulls away the covers and stuff, and we see the two puncture marks on his penis yeah uh his giant cock yeah his giant flaccid at the at that moment cock he's um he's a penis vampire and he must feed uh he asked her to let one of his hands loose so he he can scratch it she says okay but as soon as she lets the hand loose he grabs her by the throat and starts choking her yeah uh he then pulls his other hand loose and grabs her and pins her down and bites her neck and basically he rapes her at this point yes uh while biting her there's like some sort of like talking or chanting in the background i'm not sure if the other prison or prisoners prisoners, uh, they're going like faster harder faster harder yes patience not Not prisoners prisoners, patience faster harder yeah that's what it sounds like to me uh so they're getting off on it they do this for a while um we then cut to a scene where uh, Arthur Seward and his sister, Dr. Sybil Seward, mm-hmm. uh, again played by Kay Parker, are arguing. Uh, Arthur's upset with Sybil for having invited Dracula over, uh, and he demands that she uh, check with him before doing anything like that in the future. Right. 
Uh, it's worth noting that in reality, it seems that Sybil is the one who's actually in charge here. Yeah. I think... um, Henry makes a note of that later in this version. Right. That Sybil's the one in charge. And at the end of this scene, it also kind of seems clear. So, um, he blows up uh, about how uh, how his best doctor is hurt. But he, he at first says Harker was hurt, but then he corrects himself to say Sue, uh, Stoker. Stoker. Yeah. <laughs> which I think was just a flub that they just left in. Yeah, it sounds like it. Um. Sybil calms him down by pulling out her tits and seducing him. Uh, she blows him and then uh, takes off her panties and he bends her over and fucks her there and comes on her tits. Again, we don't see the cum shot itself, but we see the aftermath. But the important thing to note here is this was a sex scene between siblings. So yes, another was. incest scene. Yes, they're omnipresent. <laughs> Uh, she ends up pulling her top back up and puts her skirt back on. She then more or less puts him in his place verbally, saying, I don't want to hear any more static about the Count Dracula and all of that. So we see Dracula entering the sanitarium again, and he at this point is introduced to Dr. Van Helsing. Uh, Sybil explains that Count Dracula had offered to give his blood to Nina, who uh, apparently was uh, low on blood on account of getting Draculaed, uh-huh. uh, which is a verb. Yeah, it is. Uh, so then Sybil takes Dracula into another room and uh, to give his blood, but he says that he's squeamish and asks uh, if he can look into her eyes. And he does, and he hypnotizes her. She kind of collapses onto the, the I guess it was like a table or stretcher or something there. And he fondles her boobs and goes down on her and puts his cock in her mouth. Uh, there's like, a, the radio's playing in the background again, and it's a woman talking about women yeah. in general. It's like, a, it's like, like an a early feminist, feminism yeah, thing. Yeah, kind of broadcast, yeah. Uh, but, you know, he just finishes and wipes his cum on her breasts. So, yeah. You know. Very feminist. Yes. <laughs> uh, uh, on this intercom, we hear an announcement asking for Sybil, uh, I guess, to go to the mor- morgue and something about Lucy in there. Mm-hmm. In the morning, we see Jarvis entering the door to Dracula's lair. He comes across a coffin and sees Lucy in the coffin when he opens it. So I guess the announcement was to say that Lucy was missing from the morgue yeah i I assume uh but jarvis found her in the coffin so he goes inside to tell van helsing that he found her but he i guess in what is supposed to be a comedy scene uh stutters so hard he can't get it out and then eventually he tells him and they go and they find him so Mm. uh van helsing brings dr bradley in to Mm. help him van helsing tells him to take a stake in his hand and stab her in the heart for some reason, Van Helsing then just leaves. Right. <laughs> he knows that uh, he knows Mike Ranger's a real professional. Right. So, uh, professionally speaking, he decides to go down on this corpse and then fuck it. Oh, yeah. That's our first act of necrophilia. <laughs> Congratulations, Raincoat Report yeah. Faithful. Yeah. Thank you for sticking it out. Uh, I know you've been waiting for necrophilia this whole time, but this is our first instance. And for better or worse, this won't be our last. Yes. 
Uh, so he fucks her and then he kind of collapses onto her as he finishes. But uh, at that point, we see a cutaway to the moon at night. Uh, apparently, even though the scene seemed to start in the morning, it is now night. And uh, Lucy awakens and bites Dr. Bradley's neck. And uh, I think he also plunges the stake into her at the same time. Yes. Uh, so that happened. Yeah. We see Mina talking about having a frightful dream last night, and Count Dracula says he hopes he hadn't scared her with his stories of Transylvania. Dracula says that he might need to leave now, but Van Helsing stops him and says that he wants to show him something he found the other night. Yeah. He opens up this box that has a mirror in it, and Dracula panics and throws his cape up. He says that Van Helsing, for someone who hasn't lived one full life, is very wise. Yes. But Dracula leaves at that point. After he leaves, somebody makes note about the way he looked on his way out, and Van Helsing makes a note that he can take the form of a beast, uh, like a wolf or a bat. We see Dracula over Mina's bed again. Um, Then we see Henry in Renfield's cell taunting him. Renfield talks about, why would I need to eat whatever it was and uh, when I could eat toads and lizards? Yeah. Uh, you know, just being bonkers. Yeah. Uh, then we see <laughs> Mina with Harker and Van Helsing. Uh, again, Harker is Paul Thomas here, and he hasn't had much screen time yet. Mina's talking to Harker, and she's starting to tell him that it's over between them, but Harker's upset, and he tells her that He's going to take her out of here. You know, this place is driving her nuts. Yeah. Uh, But Harker ends up going out and pouts by the cab outside. Nurse Lawson shows up, and he explains to her that he's been engaged to a virgin for four years, and he feels like he belongs in the graveyard. Yeah. Lawson explains that she can make him feel better and takes him into the cab and fucks him, while Jarvis, who had been working on the cab behind it, uh, gets up when you know the cab starts shaking and he watches them from the window of the cab. Yeah. The interesting thing about this scene is that uh, Nurse Lawson got vamped out yeah, like uh, earlier in the ago. film. Right. Yeah. yeah. So. Um, in the lust at first bite mm-hmm. version of this film, uh, this scene occurs before the uh, Stoker Lawson vampire rape scene. Right. Um, so it makes more continuity sense. Yeah. But uh, in this version, again, it's a bit rough, uh, and this is what happened. Van Helsing's telling everyone that based on Dracula not casting a reflection, um, you know, and he also noted that he had native soil delivered to his uh, new home, noting that vampires have to rest by day in their native soil. Yes, except uh, Nurse Lawson. Except for Nurse Lawson, who can also be out in the sun and no problem. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) He believes Dracula's a vampire is what he's getting across. Uh, Again, Harker wants to take Mina home, but Van Helsing explains she needs to stay there for their protection. Uh, He explains to them that Count Dracula is going to try to practice a ritual where he must mix his semen with her blood. Yes. Was that in the Bela Lugosi version? No. (laughs) I don't think they would... No, they hadn't come up with that yet as a plot device. So, Harker doesn't seem to be buying into this. So, we see another scene where Harker goes to visit Mina. And 
we hear at that point an announcement over the intercom that bats were sighted in Ward A and the patients <laughs> need to have hairnets put on them. Uh, one of many delightful announcements yeah, throughout the film. Yeah, there's some good film. fun jokes with the uh, announcer. Harker mentions that Mina seems different and notes that that big gray bat is coming. Harker darts away from it, but Mina stays still, and we hear her saying, Yes, Master, and a few other things. Harker asks what she was saying, and she says nothing. The bat continues to circle them, and Harker starts to touch all over Mina, but she's not really paying attention to him and eventually pulls away from him. We see Van Helsing and Seward in the living room area. We can hear Renfield laughing and moaning, so Seward calls him into the room, and Renfield explains to them that they need to get Mina away from here. They ask him what he knows about Dracula, and he explains he's seen him in the night and rambles on crazy about him. He talks about him transforming into rats and stuff like that. Van Helsing believes Dracula is in the house already, so Seward and Henry take Renfield somewhere else where they feel like he won't escape. We see Van Helsing in that room sit down, and he goes to move a chess piece, but Dracula's hand reaches in and stops him, telling him he should go back to his country. <laughs> uh, quoting Donald Trump. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what a racist Van Helsing. Or a racist Dracula. Yeah, racist, a racist Dracula. Dracula. So this isn't even Dracula's country. Yeah. Uh, he should go back to his country. Yeah. Dracula explains it's too late. His blood has already mixed with hers. She can only be saved if she's killed by day, not by night? Yes. Is that about her soul being saved? Yes. Okay, yeah. Uh, Dracula tries to hypnotize him, but it doesn't seem to work. Is that what's happening here? Yes, that's and then, what's going down. Um, Dracula notes that he would need something stronger than Wolfsbane to stop him, so Van Helsing pulls out a cross which does seem to send him away, at least temporarily. Yeah. Uh, Seward returns, and Van Helsing explains that Dracula was still there. So we see Mina and Harker outside again, uh, and Harker's going down on Mina. And then Dracula appears. He opens his cape and pulls Harker's head down by his crotch and such shuts his cape. Yeah. So uh, Harker is blowing Dracula. He is... Uh, the as they said earlier, the homo in the film. Yeah, I'm just sad we really don't get to actually see anything in either version. Yeah. There's no uh, Jamie Gillis, Paul Thomas blowjob scene, which there really should have been. Yeah, there really should have been. Dracula opens his cape and, and you know, we see uh, Harker down there. And Mina then looks at the camera and we see her vampire teeth and she bites Harker. Mm-hmm. So, we then see Henry going up some stairs, bitching about how Sybil's the one who's really in charge, and he's looking around. Uh, he gets on top of the castle, basically, and he's looking around, pissed off that he's looking for a vampire, because I guess he doesn't buy into any of this. So, uh, he's at the top of the castle wall looking out, and he sees Jarvis outside, but he sees that like there's a, one of the vampire women's behind him. Uh, as he sees this, another vampire woman shows up and pushes him off of the castle. So we see the body tumbling off the top of right. the castle. Good shit. We then see the other orderly, the bald one who isn't named, uh, approach Jarvis, who has already been bit, but he ends up getting bit as well, the other orderly. 
Yes, yes. Um, we then see Renfield approaching Dracula's lair, yelling to wait for him. Uh, he opens the door to the lair and uh, kind of crawls through a tunnel towards uh, where Dracula is with Mina. Dracula and Mina are making out, and then Renfield approaches, bumbling and yelling and stuff. He says, don't leave me behind. Dracula yells at him and grabs him by the throat and just kind of tosses him away, basically? Yeah, throws him down some stairs or something. Oh, okay. That would make sense that they were stairs. Yeah. Okay. Dracula and Mina go back to kissing. He slowly undresses her, and he sits her down on, on the coffin in the room and starts to go down on her. He does this for a while, and then she starts blowing him. Uh, we don't see the oral sex here, but we will in the other version. Excellent. Uh, then we see him fucking her doggy style from behind. We see a bit of penetration here. Yeah. Uh, then he fucks her missionary on the coffin. Uh, as this is going on, Van Helsing and Harker open the door to Dracula's lair and let Sun in. Dracula and Mina are hit by the sunlight, killing them. Yes. Van Helsing notes, though, that at least her soul is saved now. Yes. And this is the end of Dracula Sucks, mm-hmm. with them both dying. Yes, they both die. So, Lust at First Bite, the R-rated version, I'll very quickly touch on that. Okay. It's it's very similar. I mean, it uses the same footage for the most part, but mm-hmm. there's more hardcore stuff. We see more mm, penetration. Right. So not really an R-rated version. No, it's not R-rated at all. In <laughs> fact, I don't... I, had R-rated in my notes because that's what I thought it was before I watched right. it. There was apparently an R-rated version. Uh, I'm not sure which version it conforms to more. I'd imagine it's the longer cut that we just talked right. about, just with the hardcore stuff cut out, which would be fairly easy to do Yeah, since there's not a ton of it anyway. But in Lust at First Bite, we see you know penetration. We see more uh, fleshed-out sex scenes. Uh the order of things happening is completely different in a lot of ways. But really, I think the thing to focus on most at this point, because we noted a lot of the differences along the way when we were talking about the other version, uh, but the end of this film is completely different. Yeah. Um, whereas the other one ended with Dracula and Mina being killed by sunlight, uh, the the Lust at First Bite version ends with a happy ending yes. with Dracula and Mina leaving together. Yeah, as vampires. As vampires in love, which is kind of sweet in a certain way, but, yeah. uh, you know. It's not it's, really what you expect in a Dracula film. No, not exactly. But, uh, you know, it's more of a fuck film than anything else. Definitely. And this this version is probably more successful at being a fuck film. The problem is, you know, when you think about the time frame, there really was a division between sex films and even, you know, exploitative regular theatrical films. Right. The cut that we were just talking about, the the original cut, so to speak, of Dracula mm-hmm. Sucks, it was too hardcore to play in a regular theater. But in a, uh, you know, a sex film theater, there probably wasn't enough sex in it for it to really be that successful. So it's kind of a weird situation. Um, It makes me think a lot about the Dixie Ray situation uh, Mm -hmm. in the sense that they're both higher budget adult films that have different cuts, that have different strengths. But um, in this case, neither of the cuts is particularly cohesive, whereas with Dixie Ray, the R-rated cut made more sense. Yeah. 
uh, and the other cut just had more sex in it, so both of them are pretty competent at what they were trying to do, at least. But in this one, both of them kind of have their faults. So again, much like with Dixie Ray, the ultimate version of this film is one that doesn't exist, that's about two hours long and cuts both of the versions together. Yes, I would agree um, with that assessment. You know, this one is uh, kind of a mess in both versions, but... Uh, it's very interesting, and again, it's the sort of thing where, you know, this this particular cast, I don't know that we'll ever find a film that has this level of cast. Right. Um, Just, it's got all the stars in it, basically. Yeah. It's the Expendables of porno films. Oh, yeah, it is. <laughs> it's uh, like the, the Expendables. They forgot about it within a couple of years. Right. <laughs> but, you know, it's, a, it's quite something. So... We're going to go ahead and take another break here, and then we'll be back with our review of Dracula Sucks. Thanks. I'm very grateful. Keep your filthy hands to yourself. Now, now, Renfield. Oh, Dr. Seward, send me away from this place. Send me far away. Why would you like to live? My cries at night. They might disturb Miss Mina. Yes, they might give her terrible nightmares, Professor Van Helsing. Bad dreams. All right, we're back here on the Raincoat Report to give our final thoughts on Dracula Sucks. Um, as is our tradition, I'm going to turn things over to our resident film critic and now investigative reporter, uh, Jeremy. Uh, Jeremy, what do you think about Dracula Sucks? Um, you know what? I think Dracula sucks. Doesn't suck. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. I thought about that <laughs> one. I wrote it down. Uh, like you said before, it's a pretty, it's like got a high budget production for an adult film. It's got a star studded cast. So all those things kind of lend it like a certain uh, gravitas that maybe the film doesn't exactly carry through in terms of like the editing and the overall uh, continuity of plot. Sure. Uh, between the two versions we saw but like i said earlier there's definitely that version that doesn't exist that's the perfect version of it um but even that said i still think it's worth a watch um you know it's got like you said all the all the big stars of the day uh it's premised almost entirely on the universal dracula from the early 30s so right it's got a whole kind of like a little bit of like a pedigree to it mm -hmm. that uh lower budget film without those rights wouldn't like a lot of the scenes and dialogue or just right out of that um excluding obviously the hardcore stuff right right uh everyone seems to be having fun with it uh perhaps mm -hmm. no one more than jamie gillis <laughs> who's absolutely loving being dracula right uh between the three versions of this same kind of story that i've seen filmed uh universal's dracula Dracula sucks, and of course Mel Brooks is Dracula dead and loving it. <laughs> uh, I would say this is my second favorite behind the Universal version. Okay, um, it's good. It's got a good thing going. Yeah, it's got a good thing going on. I don't really have a, I guess, a ton to say about it overall. Like it's right. just kind of like a dumb blockbuster of like a porn film. Yeah, yeah. In a way. Uh, Good script, obviously. Uh, some great actors. Some uh, a nice setting in the real castle. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, pretty good soundtrack. Yeah. Um, and it even has a weird alternate upbeat ending. Which, <laughs> how many Dracula films have that? Yeah. Uh, so I'd say overall, it's a solid uh, four. Okay. On Dracula Sucks. Yeah. All right. You know, I agree with a lot of that. We've kind of been talking a lot about our thoughts on it, mm-hmm. you know, the whole way through. Right. You know, there's there's a lot about this film that's interesting. Like, you know, again, there's not a perfect version of the film. Mm-hmm. Lust at First Bite not only cuts out a lot of the storyline stuff, but I forgot to note that there are apparently no kills in that version of the film. Um, you know, whereas we get several of them in this version of the film. Um, Philip Marshek, the director, loved Bela Lugosi. Um, yes. and, you know, that's, that's what kind of drove him down this path of trying to do that specifically, that Bela Lugosi version of Dracula here. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a production that was fraught with several, uh, you know, substance abuse issues along the way, including, you know, the mountain of cocaine, apparently that was, uh, present. Uh, we have a star studded cast, but one of the problems with having a star studded cast is you have a lot of, uh, egos to deal with. Right. Um, when talking about it on the commentary, which was, uh, again, with Joe Rubin of vinegar syndrome and Bill Marigold, um, Bill Marigold talked a lot about it. Um, he said that Paul Thomas was a, a pompous person in general. <laughs> I could see that. He's um, got two first names. They mentioned how uh, it was after this was made, but at some point Paul Thomas got busted for selling cocaine at one point. <laughs> um, so I think that he might have perhaps been the uh, the uh, connection exactly. that led to the mountain of cocaine here. Right. Um, other things that... Uh, Marigold noted that I didn't bring up along the way. Um, he noted that Philip Marshek, the director, didn't do a whole lot of directing. He kind of let the stars do their whole thing, um, which he noted was probably for the best when you had people like Jamie Gillis and John Leslie and stuff there. Um, he noted that he suspected that John Holmes probably directed his home, his own scenes because, yeah. you know... He's John Holmes. He's kind right. of full of himself anyway. Yeah. But I saw that, I think, in the credits, like, I think two of them got, like, second, like, uh, unit director credits. Uh, yeah, I know Bill Marigold actually was a second unit director mm-hmm. and shot some of the stuff, including the alternate ending right. to the film. <laughs> <laughs> Bill Marigold also, uh, he was kind of disappointed that the uh, main version of the film didn't have the uh, full scene of uh, Jamie Gillis pissing on uh, uh, Serena. Right. Well, we're all upset about that. Um, but Oops. he did note that Jamie was like, hey, come watch me piss on Serena. And uh, Bill wasn't into it, so he didn't. <laughs> but he later seemed to kind of regret having not seen uh, that. He also kind of, as as they're going through the commentary noted which scenes that he had and hadn't watched while while they were being filmed. (laughs) Uh, So, you know. Um, He also said that John Leslie was kind of full of himself and they were having trouble getting a sex scene out of him even though they were paying him so much for a day. Right. Um, There's kind of this thing, and I've heard about it from a lot of different people, that, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, 
particularly in this era of porn, but perhaps in other eras as well, even today. But when you do all this porn, it's less exciting to fuck people that you've already fucked a million times, basically. Uh, but, you know, if you're more, you know, you might just go through the scene and not be as excited about it. Or if you're kind of full of yourself and feel like you could just call your shots on things, you'll just refuse to do it. Yeah. Bill Marigold wanted to have sex with Seika. Uh, this was Seika's first big film. Okay. Uh, she had done a little bit of other stuff, some loops, maybe some smaller budget things, but this was definitely her first big film. And I believe it was on Seika's episode of the Rialto Report, she yeah. mentioned... Uh, that on this film, John Leslie was trying to talk her into letting him fuck her in the ass on the film, and she wasn't feeling it, so Mm -hmm. she said that Jamie Gillis kind of stood up for her and told him to go fuck off or whatever. But (laughs) uh, John John Leslie was apparently kind of being a baby and not wanting to do any of the sex scenes, but Bill Marigold was the one who, or takes credit for at least, talking him into having the sex scene with Kay Parker. Right. Um, Phil Marshak was not aware that this was happening and was like, wait, now we have an incest scene in this film. And Bill was (laughs) like, yeah, so what? (laughs) Right. (laughs) That's good. Accidentally write your way into incest. Uh, Then uh, in the commentary, Bill Marigold kind of goes on a defense of brother-sister incest that I wasn't prepared for. Okay, good. <laughs> but oh. um, we at the Raincoat Report aren't going to go that route. Yeah, I'm not going to defend that. <laughs> uh, but as a bonkers thing to happen in a 70s film, uh, I, I kind of appreciate it. It's just like a weird touch right. to this film. Yeah. Um, but all of that's to say that this is kind of a special production um, there are a lot of things that are wrong with it, but it's 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 a once in a lifetime thing. Uh, you know, again, you could never replicate this again. Right. Um, you know, there are a lot of very uh, popular porn stars to this day, but this era of pornography and the era of the '70s is completely different. You know, um, we have people who are very famous on the internet and in the in the few feature films that we still make to this day yeah um but it's hard to compare their level of success to uh you know the k parkers of the 70s the uh jamie gillis's of the 70s john leslie paul thomas all of them yeah um just because of the weird mainstream crossover that was going on at the time um you know things are very separate nowadays and Granted, there was never, like, really a full crossover like they were kind of pushing to try to do in that time frame. Uh, It's still just very different. Yes. But, you know, because of that, we'll never have a porn film that's quite as star-studded as this. We can have something that similarly takes the biggest stars of the day and puts them all in the film. But it's hard to say that the porn stars of today... don't have as much name recognition right publicity is not as good exactly but it's also kind of a mess <laughs> yes absolutely so uh, th- there's there's the acting across the board has ups and downs there are a few people that are really consistent throughout mm-hmm. there are a few that seem to be less into it off and on but yeah 
Um, and of course, the editing is just insane in both versions. Um, so it's it's got its faults, but it's really still something special. I appreciate it as an adaptation of something, you know, that's uh, a horror classic. And it's a hell of a thing to end our five weeks of Fright on. I'm happy that we ended on this. Yeah, me too. Um, you know, as, as we kind of wrap things up for five weeks of Fright, I look toward next year, and we could easily do five more weeks next year. There's yeah. a lot of stuff like... In my head leading up to this, we had talked about doing uh, horror films for October. Right. And there were like a bunch of films on my mind, and yeah. we touched on less than half of what for I was sure, thinking about. Sure, absolutely. Um, so next year, you know, if we're still doing this and not dead or, uh, you know, in the middle of a civil war or something, yeah. we'll. Uh, We'll do it again, and we'll have plenty of material still to cover. So, all right. And I just thought, I, and as we said earlier, I just found out about a new Dracula film with mm-hmm. Jamie Gillis, and yeah, we'll, so uh, we'll, we'll we can return to that as well. Yeah, return to Dracula Mountain. <laughs> <laughs> so overall, I would give this a. F- I'll, I'll agree with that. A four out of five. Four out of five. All right. It's a, It's something great. You had a lot to say about this one. I was kind of at a loss for words. no i just uh you know i had a bunch of notes that i had already taken and i hadn't really touched on all of it but um you know i was just yeah it is what it is (laughs) um so as we as we wrap up five weeks of fright do you have any last words about either dracula sucks or just this october experience in general i've learned nothing okay no uh like you said, um, I've had a great time doing it. Um, just digging into some of the weirder, more far out films of porn. We've covered some very strange things from a uh, driller to sexual parasite, you know, all the way to the geek. Yeah. We've seen a number of creatures and a number of, uh, of our favorite horror, uh, characters and tropes turned on their head and, uh, jackhammered away at <laughs> by a man in a rubber mask. Exactly. Um, and, and, so, and who thought we would see the presidents? Yeah, I didn't expect any of them to show up either. That was really something else. And uh, we had a president. We had the Bigfoot. Yeah. We had Michael a, Jackson. We had a hot star. Yeah, we had a, heart, a hot star who was also a werewolf with a rotating penis. Yes. It's my favorite time of the year, and I've been glad to celebrate it with all of you. Just talking smut and talking freaks, talking filth. It's it's uh, been a it's been a great time, and we've been able to share it all with you, our uh, raincoat report faithful. It's been a blessed experience. <laughs> uh, well, I, I'm glad to have been able to share the madness, and I look forward to uh, perhaps doing this again next year, and uh, being able to sink even deeper into the depths with all of you. But let's talk a little bit about next week because we're gonna we're gonna get out of the theme for a little bit. But uh, we actually do have a theme for next week. It's In fact, we might be touching on a theme that's even more frightening than what we've touched on in our five weeks of fright, and that is, of course, politics. Oh no! Uh, and we have quite a political thriller on our hands for next week. Yeah, just uh, we uh, want to let you guys know that there's a slight change of schedule. We realize that next week's episode is going to drop on Wednesday, 
which is after our U.S. Election Day, uh, we want to make sure that our voices are heard ahead of the election. Yeah. We're... So next week's episode is going to, instead of dropping on Wednesday, as they normally do, mm-hmm. it's going to drop on Monday. Yeah. Uh, we want you guys to make sure to listen to it before you go out to the polls. Yeah. Uh, unless you've already turned in an absentee ballot, in which case that doesn't make any Good on you sense. for voting. Yeah, good on you for voting. Vote anyway. Join us for our Erection Eve special. Yes, our Erection Eve special, where we talk about uh, politics and uh, the different ways that the government is trying to fuck you. Yeah. Um, Oh, so many ways. Oh, so many ways. So, uh, as always, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Raincoat Report. Uh, We're Raincoat Report on Facebook, as long as we haven't been shut down by the time this airs. Rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast. We want to thank you guys once again for uh, following us, listening to us. Uh, We've been doing a lot to build our army, and you guys are helping us out. Uh, We're looking into opportunities to expand upon what we're already doing here. And uh, as our audience grows, uh, we'll we'll, uh, see what we can do. But in the meantime, you know, again, rate, review, and subscribe. Tell your friends. Get more people involved. Uh, let us let us spread the word of the teacher. Yes. Uh, the teacher provides for all of us. Uh, all hail the teacher. All hail the teacher. All praise the teacher. All praise the teacher. Um, go it, in peace. Go in peace. And, and don't forget your raincoat. <laughs> Auf Wiedersehen, Minach.